Amen. Turn with me to Romans chapter 15 this morning. Romans chapter number 15. Romans 15. We're thinking of just getting back inside. Or we took the summer and took an entire month, five weeks during the summer. Now we're back inside and fall season has come upon us. And, and I would say church for many of us, it's just, it's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to church. I, I see this, our theme this month is back to building. I, I thought maybe we would have a theme, make church great again, but um, I didn't want to sound political. But I thought this, build back to building. We're not just back into the building. We need to be back to building. Building a church upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Building a church where we are passionately serving, witnessing, involved in the heavenly kingdom. We are ambassadors for Christ, the Bible says. Our focus must be upon heaven and upon heavenly things. If you are saved, you're saved to serve. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ as your savior, you've been called into the gospel ministry. There's no argument in that. Now, now you might say, well, I'm not called to be the pastor. I'm not called to full-time ministry. And there, I, I know there may be some semantics there, but, but the reality is this, all of us are called to the ministry. I say to our staff constantly, church is not a spectator sport. We're not hired so that the church can come and watch the paid staff do all the work. So often we're guilty of that. We, we will do everything so that the church enjoys what is being done. And in church, I want you to understand that the staff is there to help and to prepare and to get you to do the work of the ministry, to equip the saints of the ministry to do the work of the ministry is what the Bible says. Church isn't a, a sport where we come and everyone sits on the stands and watches what's going to happen. One of the things that I will never forget I'll never forget in March of 2020, I, 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 like you, wondered what in the world is going to happen. And I stood on this floor for an entire month and I would look into a camera and I would preach into a camera, hoping that the church was on the other side of that camera and was listening. And there was something that happened there. When I would come in, there was nobody in this room. There's nobody sitting in the seats. But there were people that were sitting in the cameras. There was people that were sitting in the sound booth. There, there, were, there were men that were sitting back in the, in the booth there that, that directs the cameras. And, and, and there were the musicians that would come and they would stand on this platform and they would, they would sing. And, and there was something, something that was so exciting in a time that was so confusing. And something I'll never forget is this. We would not have been able to minister to our church if our people in our church didn't have a heart to minister. 
So many people have said this to me, Pastor, we're so glad that you were there and, and that you preached and so glad that you stayed with it and so glad that you led us through a very difficult time. But the reality is this, there were so many people, volunteers, church members behind the scenes that were laboring and serving and it's to their credit, we continue to do what God allowed us to do. I think of people like Jen Shaw this past, uh, uh, this, this morning as I was watching her play. I realized this, as the world was in total chaos, she has not missed a single Sunday ministering to our church. Coming in early, playing, putting her under a tent and playing the piano under a tent. Where is Jen at? Where's she at? She's back there. If I could just get her husband to serve as faithful as she's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all of us, all of us are called to be ministers and all of us are called to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone in this room. In Romans chapter 15, verse number eight, I want you to see with me, Romans 15, verse number eight. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. I want you to circle that word minister. Look with me in verse number 16 of the same chapter that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Circle that word minister. Look again in the same verse, ministering the gospel of God. That the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Look with me in verse number 25 of the same chapter. The Bible says, but now I go into Jerusalem to what? Minister unto the saints. In verse number 31 of the same chapter, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service, that word service there is the same word as that word minister so that I may minister which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. Go with me to chapter 16, verse number one. I commend you unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant. That word servant there comes from the same root of the word minister. In chapter 15 and chapter 16 here, ministry is the theme. Minister, ministry, being involved in the work of the Lord, ministering or service to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you serve the body of Christ, you are serving Christ. When we serve a world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are serving Jesus Christ. There's so much, there, there's so much for the church to be doing in the time and the generation that we're living in. All of us look around. I just talked to someone in the parking lot and I said, how are you doing today? And they said, boy, there's just so much going on in the world. And, 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 and that just, just was down. I said, yes, but we have so much to celebrate today. We're going to open the word of God. We're going to preach the, the timeless message of the, the word of God. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know the end of the story. We as Christians don't have to mope because of the circumstances of this world. There's victory in Jesus Christ. And if there is a generation that we ought to be excited about serving in, this is it, church. There's no such thing as an inactive church member. Every, every member, every single church member is a minister. You, you are either part of the team helping or you're not part of the team 
hurting. But you're doing something. You're either part of the body moving forward using your gifts and your talents so that Jesus Christ is glorified, so that Jesus Christ is exalted, so the gospel message goes out into a a lost and dying world, or you're hurting what needs to be being done. So today, this message is for every person in our church. I'll be just totally transparent with you. This message is a message that is really, really burdening my heart because I don't want us to be a church that just simply plays church until Jesus comes. I had a lady come to me not long ago. Well, it's been a couple years, six years, six months, I don't know, six days. She said to me, Pastor Ans, we need to buy a coach bus and we need to take trips all around the country with our seniors. And I said, well, why would we need to do that? And she said, because we need to entertain the seniors in our church. And, and she got angry with me when I said, well, I don't know if that's the best investment of my money. And she said, and we need to get a doctor to go on board because, you know, some of us older folks have medical issues. She had this plan out. And I said, it sounds to me like you want to belong to a tourist company, not a church. She got mad at me. And I was kind, just like this. I was really nice. I said, there's tourist companies that will do all of this for you. But we're not in the business of going all around the country with a doctor in a $100,000 bus. We're in the business of saving souls that need Jesus Christ. You say, well, see, you have a problem going around. No, I don't have a problem with doing that. I have a problem when that becomes the focus of the church. I have a problem if that becomes what we rate a church upon, how much events that we have for ourselves. I think the greatness of a church is how the church's outreach and how the church's evangelism and how the church is reaching out into the community in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what a church, that's what a church ought to be considered at. This message is to every person in our church today. This message is to me. This message today, church, is a message as we look at back to building this month and next week we're going to lay out a plan and and what is this plan for? It's just so that you as a church know we are eager, we are excited, and we are moving forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not gonna stand still. Look with me in verse number one of chapter 15. Are you with me this morning? We then are strong, that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Well, we could stop right there and preach a message all on verse number one. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Or what was written in the Old Testament was written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. How many of you need hope today? 
Where do you find it? You find it through the, the scripture, the comfort of the scriptures give us hope. Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth do what, church? Glorify God. That's our purpose. With one mind and one mouth to glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do must bring glory to God. Everything we do must exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That word there, consolation, you mark that word, I believe, Verse number five, let's look there again. Now, the God of patience and consolation. That's not a word that we use very often, but that word consolation, you could mark it there in your Bible. It means encouragement. The God of, of comfort, the God of patience, or the God of encouragement grants you to be like-minded one toward another. And so I want you to mark this down. I want to look at several things this morning, and every one of us can do something that we speak about this morning, but every one of us ought to have some part in the service of consolation or the service of encouragement. Now, I want you to take this card that you have this morning. This card, it says back to building at Monclova Road. There's a place for your name, a place for your phone number, a place for your email. There's on this card, there's a place in the things that we speak about today, you're going to be able to find some place on this card. And I'm gonna ask every single church member not to be an inactive church member, but to be an active church member and you in your heart and get with your family and decide, how am I going to be an active part of this body? Now, I'm not going to look this morning and say, this is a children's ministry or this is this ministry. We're going to look from a biblical perspective and everything we do then ought to be found in serving here in the local body of Christ. The gift of encouragement. There's so many ways that you can encourage. We need to encourage one another. Would you say amen to that? How many of you like it when someone comes up and says a kind word? How many of you like it when someone comes up and tells you how awful you just did? Tell me more. No, we like encouragement. We need encouragement. As a matter of fact, verse number one tells us, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Strong Christians should be encouraging weak Christians. And oh, listen to me today. There are weak Christians. And when I say weak, I don't necessarily mean spiritually weak, but there are many in our church today. Just simply pick up the prayer bulletin and you would find so many people in our church today that are weak. They need our prayers. They need our help. And a church ought to be moved when we know that someone in our church is weak or someone in our church is bearing a burden. It ought to mobilize our church. It ought to encourage us when we are strong, when we are able to give, when we are able to serve, to find and search out those that need the help. We're not here to please ourselves. Verse number one simply tells us that and not to please ourselves. It's so simple to see here. 
So oftentimes in the Bible, when you're looking in the Bible, and boy, you've got to really dig in to find out what it's saying. And then there's other times like this where the Bible is just so clear. It says those that are strong encourage those that are weak. You're not here to please yourself. God wants us to be together, to encourage one another, to lift one another up. That's the goal of the body of Christ, to come in and be encouraged. I often find some, some people will say, you know, different styles of churches they like. I like it when the preacher just comes in and just smashes us. I mean, steps on our to- toes and, you know, every week we just get beat up. I love to get beat up. And then and sometimes, listen to me, sometimes the word of God rebukes us. It does. Listen to me today, if you're in here and you're living in sin, the word of God ought to rebuke you. I pray that you don't come to this church very long before the Holy Spirit of God, through the preaching of God's word, begins to convict you in your sin. But true as well, you should come to the house of God and be lifted up and edified and encouraged. Someone ought to come alongside of you and pray with you and encourage you. When you see someone down, you don't just walk by them, but you put your arm around them and let them know that you're there. Part of the body is hurting and strong people help those that are weak bear their infirmities. So we need to get our eyes on the glory of God. We need to learn to serve each other. There's nothing wrong with serving one another. Serve one another. You know, if Satan had his way, he'd rather you bicker over details. He'd rather have you bicker over structure or over organization. So many churches bicker over money. So many churches bicker over property. So many bicker over personal hurt and, and misunderstandings. I deal with pastors every, every week. Matter of fact, I said to my secretary this week, I'm getting busier and busier and busier. And she says, I'm gonna start telling people no, and not the church people, but other people that call. Can you help here? Can you help here? I deal with pastors that are hurting constantly. Every Tuesday, I'm on a Zoom call, and a couple weeks ago, there was about 90 pastors on this call, and we lead this call, myself and another pastor, just trying to encourage pastors that are hurting right now, that are trying to navigate their way through some things. Some of the things that I hear that are happening are just incredible. There was a time in history where the bishops got together over in Europe and their fight was over. Should the candles be 18 inches or 24 inches in the church? And there was a real fight over this. There's always been a fight in, within the clergy, what the clergy ought to be wearing when he stands up to preach. I had a conversation with someone today. I thank God for COVID because when COVID hit, I threw my ties away. After being outside, I said to my wife, I'm never putting a tie on again. I don't like them. I put them on for funerals. And I put them on whenever she tells me to put them on. But other than that, I'm not putting a tie on. You know what I found? You can preach the word of God with a tie. With a tie. How many of you think my preaching's gotten better over the last year? <laughs> Encourage me today, somebody. <laughs> Listen to me as a church. I preached a couple weeks ago. The church ought to be a place, a Christian home ought to be a place of laughter and joy. 
of encouragement. Oh, listen to me, just like at homes, when your children do wrong, you discipline them, but you don't discipline them all the time. My kids do something wrong, we discipline them, and then we get back together and we laugh and we have a good time together. We encourage each other. So often, if we're not careful, church, Satan would have us bicker over the wrong things that don't matter. While a world goes to hell, churches are splitting over colors, over service times, over apparel, over if there's coffee in the lobby or not. Several years ago, when I first came, I had a man come to me and he said, Pastor, I think he even called me Reverend. I think he said, Reverend, I don't believe that we should have a greeter at the door that doesn't have a suit and a tie on. He left the church over it. Listen to me. When I walk into our church, we have, listen, we have the most craziest, we have candy giver outers at our door. Our guys are insane. It will be snowing on the ground and they're wearing shorts. Now they have their socks all the way up to their knees. But they're out there wearing shorts and they got their jackets on. And I said this, you know what? I'd rather have a person that loves the Lord, that smiles, that loves Jesus, that holds the door open, sees it as a ministry to those that are coming in, that's their faithful, that's serving, than have to have a look that nobody understands. You see, we need to be encouraging one another. Let's keep our eyes focused on the glory of God. I love that song we just sang just a few moments ago. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Church, in order for us to encourage, in order for us to serve, in order for us to be the church that God has called us to be, in order for us to, to get back into building, back into serving, back into a, a, a norm where we are focused on ministering to each other, encouraging each other to take the gospel out to a world that needs to hear it, We've got to keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to encourage one another. We need to have patience with one another. No one has a God-given gift of criticism. I notice on this, there's not a place. There's not a place that says other opportunities, criticism. It's not there. Number two, I need to hurry this morning. Number two, I want you to see in Romans chapter 15, verse number eight, go with, there, go, go with that passage of scripture with me, if you would, please. The Bible says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. That word circumcision there is referring to the Jews. There's a service, there's a service of encouragement. Number two, there's a service of evangelism of the gospel. Jesus came to the lost sheep of the home or the house of Israel. Jesus came to bring the Jewish, uh, 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 the gospel, the Jewish people, the gospel, so that in bringing them, they then through that, the whole world would be saved, would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, would have faith in him. Not so that Jesus alone, uh, 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 not, not that the Jews alone would be saved, but that all the nations of the world would be saved through the message 
that would be given out through this nation. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Romans 15, 16, just go there with me if you would please, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So Paul says this, I'm going to take what Jesus did, and I'm going to go minister to the Gentiles. Jesus came to, to, to seek and to save, and that's what I'm going to do. Paul said, Jesus came to minister, now I'm going to go and minister. So many call themselves uh, ministers or so many call themselves the followers of Jesus Christ, yet they're not doing the example that Jesus set for us. Listen, we can sing, we can teach, we can give, you can, you can hit every single list on this card. But oh, listen to me, Christian, if you are not going and giving the gospel message to the lost world, you are not right with God. I didn't get any amens there. I would have thought in our church that would have been the, I have it right here, everyone's going to say amen. You didn't. Listen to me. If you're not giving the gospel to a lost world, you're not right with God. That's our mission. Every single person is to give the gospel message. Now, I know you say, well, it comes easier for some. And yeah, that may be true, but that's not an excuse not to give. I had someone sit in my office this week and they said, Pastor, I'm just not an outgoing person like you. And I said, I'm not an outgoing person. They said, oh, come on. I said, I'm really not. I'm the kid that would sit in in, in class. I sat in the back row hoping I would never get called on. And then when I would get called on, I would want to pass out if I had to give an oral book report. I didn't volunteer for anything. When God called me to preach, I really thought, you got the wrong guy. My brother wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be a police officer. My brother today is a police officer. I'm a preacher. We shared a room growing up. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I think you got it mixed up. Maybe I was on the top bunk one night and I should have been on the bottom bunk when you called us. And, and, and we got confused because I'm not doing what I wanted to do and he's not doing what he wanted to do. But oh, listen to me today, I'm doing what God has called me to do. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy giving the gospel message. I'll never forget we were in Philadelphia and I was a youth pastor at the time and one of the guys were out sewing and he went up and he knocked on the door to the house. It was one of those, you know, one of those row houses. He knocked on the door and the door fell down. And I'm like, what are we going to do now? And the guy comes to the door. His door is laying on the ground and we're like we're just here to tell you about Jesus. And I'm like, and fix your door, you know? (laughs) Listen to me, telling people about Jesus is never easy. It's not about being comfortable. It's about being obedient. It's about taking the message, Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which were lost. And those that are disciples and follower of Christ do what he and his mission was. That is to evangelize. We have been called to minister. We have been called to evangelize the lost world. Followers of Jesus Christ should be following his model. We can never get so consumed with what we like. 
We can never get so consumed with how we like it or what the church is just right. I, I had someone say to me not long ago, man, my daughters really don't like church. And, and that's what I thought as he's telling me that. It's because they're not doing anything. Just be blunt. If you want to come so that everything is about you, you're not going to like this church or any church. But if you want to come because you have a burden for lost souls, you want to come to encourage, there's hurting people everywhere. There's lost people everywhere. There's a place to serve everywhere. Right? Churches ought to not to be a what I like, how I like it. Listen to me, it ought to be, is there an opportunity for me to engage the gospel with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there an opportunity for me to encourage? Is there an opportunity for me to use my gifts? Thirdly, I want you to see this. Romans 15, chapter number 15, verse number 25. But now I go into Jerusalem to what? To minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them at Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. If it hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Would you mark this down? The service of giving? And all God's people said, Amen. Service of giving. I will say this to you, church. One of the things that encouraged me about this church, I had a church member say to me yesterday at a funeral that we had here, Pastor, how's the giving? You know, they were concerned. You know, it's been a difficult year. And I can honestly say to you this, the giving of our church has not decreased at all over the last 18 months. But we don't have ushers that look at you as you're, intimidate you. Like our ushers, we train them as you're passing the plate. If not, pass it again if they don't put enough in. <laughs> pass it again. And just look at them. No, I'm kidding. We don't train our ushers to do that. We put buckets around. People give. There's a service of giving. The Gentiles here in Macedonia, they took an offering for those that were in Jerusalem. They were indebted to those who were in Jerusalem. It was because of those that were in Jerusalem that the gospel even got to, to Macedonia. And they were, they were willingly able to give. We do this because we are debtors. Why do we give? I'll be honest with you as a pastor, I don't know. Sometimes I think, man, I don't preach enough on giving. Then other times I think I preach too much on giving. Then, I, then, then, then there's that time in between. And, and this is the honest truth. Christians that are right with God, they do right. They do right. You give. Why? Because we realize that we are debtors to Christ. And everything that Christ gave, his precious blood, he went to the cross, he paid our sin debt, we have heaven. Why would it pain us to give to Jesus? And when we give, gospel tracts can be purchased. I get, I get excited about the strangest things. I get excited when I walk through the lobby and I'll, I'll text my secretary, there'll be, there'll be gospel tracts that are missing on the, go and I'll text her, I'll say, we need to get these filled. That excites me. You know why? Because somebody in our church took them and gave them out of hope. <laughs> At least they took them. I'll have people that will come and say, what are those things? They're gospel tracts. What's a gospel track? We never had those in our church. Oh, it's a 
it's a piece of paper and on the back, a lot of my pictures on them, you know, give that out, you know. So gospel tracts, so Bible studies could be taught. There's Bible studies that are going on on a weekly basis. Why do we give? So that the Bible could be studied. So that the gospel could go out over the internet, over the TV. I, 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 was, I was at a place yesterday, my kids, everywhere I go, they say, Dad, do you know everybody? I say, I don't know any of these people. They'll say, I, we, were, we were at Grand Rapids yesterday. I took my family there and we we're just walking around. And a lady said, I watch you every single Sunday morning. I was supposed to wave to her today. I said, I'm going to wave to you. She says, I watch you every Sunday. And my kids are like, who is she? I'm like, I don't know, babe. I, I, was, in, I was in Churchill's and my wife, or my, with my daughter, Chloe, and I was at the salad bar. Don't worry, guys, getting something for my wife. <coughs> And I said, Chloe said, can I go? And she you went to use the restroom and I forgot. And I'm, I'm walking around and this lady, as I'm getting a salad there, this guy walks up and he says, oh, I watch you every week. He was like, I'm some kind of, can I have your autograph? I said, oh yes, you know, here it is. He says, I just love your, I love your, 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 your every week. I watch you on WLMB. Like, it was like he met this guy. Like I, I finally met him. And, and then I have this, I walk a couple hours over and I have this lady bringing up my daughter crying. And she's like, what kind of father are you? I said, what do you mean? She says, your daughter is like in the wine section crying. She got out of the bathroom, took the wrong turn. She didn't know where you were. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. But this guy over here wanted my autograph and it got me really... <clears throat> So I took my daughter and I'm like, don't ever embarrass me like that again. And we stand, we're standing at the counter and these two people behind us and the guy says, there he is. That's the guy I was telling you about. And his wife says, there he is. That's the guy I was telling you about. He says, that's the preacher we watch. She says, that's the horrible father I just met. And husband and wife just met me. Why do we serve? Because the gospel goes out. Why do these fellas and these ladies work? on cameras and because the gospel goes out so that teachers can teach, so parents have a place for their kids when they come into the house of God, so that Awana programs can go forth, so that kids that maybe don't go to a, and live in a Christian home or go to a school that teaches them the word of God can come to a place on Wednesday evenings and learn the word of God so that missionaries can be sent so that the gospel can be preached at funerals. Yesterday, I preached a funeral. Scott Shaw, it's his uncle. Scott Shaw's mother's brother passed away. That was Carl Baden. Uh, Scott came up with tear, in tears yesterday, really emotionally said, Pastor, thank you for preaching the gospel. My aunts and uncles, they're not saved. They've rejected the gospel. Why do we give? We give so that we can minister to people. As we're preaching a message at a funeral service, there's family here one more time, just one more time to hear the gospel message. Maybe that will be the time that their heart is softened and they turn to Jesus. But we're gonna take every opportunity we can to preach the glorious message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must, church, we must, we must, we must invest in eternity. Invest in something that counts 
I've heard it say, you can't take it to heaven. That is not true. Yes, you can. You can take it to heaven by what you invest here upon this earth. Tell me that, tell me that we give the missions. We're not investing in heaven. When a missionary on the other side of the world is preaching the gospel and someone gets saved, that's an investment in eternity that our church has made. Number, number four, would you, would you write this down? Look with me at Romans 15, verse number 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Look, look at Paul, he asked this. It might even sound like a self-serving request. He says, pray for me, please. But why was he saying to pray for me? He's saying this because I have enemies. Because I need protection. And, 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 and I have a message that I need to preach. And I want this message to be received. This was not some self-serving prayer uh, that Paul says, oh, pray for me because I'm something. He says, pray for me because I'm, 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 a, I'm a servant of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number four, there's a service of prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is needed in the work of the Lord today. It's the most talked about thing, but the least done thing in the church. Pray today, Earl Danforth. I was with Earl a couple different times and Earl was in the hospital after he found out his wife had cancer. He's been struggling with this and he was in the hospital for gout and he was in the hospital because of a, a, a fractured vertebrae. I was there at, at St. Luke's with him just a couple weeks ago, and he says, I just feel like Job. And they took him and they put him in a, a rehab center, and I just got a call yesterday, yes, last evening, that, that there in that rehab center, he got COVID. And they had to take him to, to a, a flower hospital, and he's not doing well at flower hospital. And I just, I can't get to him, and I can't, I can't call him. I asked his family, is there any way I can get to him? They said, no, right now we're not able to talk to him. And I, I there at my, my sofa where I got that message, I just closed my eyes, and I said, God, I can't get to him, but I can get to him through prayer. Dorothy Thompson called me yesterday and has been calling me for days, for a week, a week or so now. Her, her brother-in-law passed away. Now her sister is sick with COVID and she said, can we pray? I told Dorothy last night, of course we will. Doug Davison, we've been earnestly praying for Doug. We can't go to him. We can't all come to see him. He can't get here. But oh, church, we can pray. Tracy Miller Last week, you gave me the opportunity to be with a hurting family. Their 21-year-old daughter dies a couple weeks before Christmas this past year, and then, and then her, her dad passes away, and then I just felt I needed to be there and pastor this dear family. We can pray. I'll never forget one of the greatest prayer meetings we've ever had at this church. Mother's Day morning just a few years ago. A little four-year-old boy picked up his dad's handgun. His dad was a police officer and he picked up his dad's handgun after he came home from a night shift. They were getting ready for church to come to church on Mother's Day morning. And the little son boy picked up his gun and shot himself in the head. Accident. Every Mother's Day, 
Every Mother's Day, I wake up, I think about my mom, I think about my wife, and I think about that little boy that I saw there in that ICU with a gunshot wound, lifeless on that table. And I remember, as the pastor, I want to fix everybody's problem. I, I, I want to go over and I want to... I want to to fix them and I want to make everything right. And I realized at that time, one of the most horrific things that have happened to this family, one of the most horrific things that's happened in our church. I remember that week we called a prayer meeting and a few hundred people came into this auditorium and they began to pray. And I'll never forget just a few days after their the, the death of their son, they came into this auditorium on a Tuesday night. I didn't even know they were coming, but they came into that prayer meeting. They heard we were having a prayer meeting for them. And they said to me this, they said, if you're praying for us, we want to be there. And as the church was bowing in prayer, earnestly in tears, praying for this dear family, this family walks in. And then I'll never forget, as I looked up, people were just gathering around this family, putting their hands upon this family and praying for this dear family. Listen to me, church, prayer works. It's powerful. You say, well, I can't, I can't always do what I used to do. You can pray. You can pray. There's a service of fellowship. Paul, in verse number one of chapter 16, Paul mentions Phoebe by name. And then Paul lists, in chapter 16, he lists 26 other people in this chapter. They were there in the service of fellowship. They were there to, around the gospel. They were, he was receiving people. They were greeting people. They were loving people. They were helping people. They were honoring people. They were guarding the fellowship against all kinds of false doctrine. They were there for the fellowship of the believers. And I need to be done. But I want you to take this card, church, back to building. And I want to ask you as a church, are you an active member of the body of Christ? What are you doing? What are you involved in? If you missed a Sunday here, what would go undone? How many of you would say if you came last week and I wasn't here and you came and I just, just didn't show up? I just didn't come. And you came and they sang and then all of a sudden you were waiting for someone to come preach and someone said he just didn't come. How many of you would say, that's not right? Nobody? All right. It wouldn't be right. Every one of us ought to be doing something that if you're not there, something desperately needed goes undone. Because you're a vital person in that church. What is your area of service? What is your area of ministry? I want you to do this. I want you to pray. I want you to take this card. If there's an area that you already know of, mark it, put it in the buckets all around as you leave. But I want you to take this and put this in your Bible. And all week long, as you are opening the word of God and you are praying and you are having your devotion, you're walking with the Lord, would you pray and say, Lord, what is my area of service? What am I need to be doing to be a service to you, a minister to you, 
in the local body of believers. Father, help us today, I pray, to get back to building, to get back to serving, to get back to preaching and witnessing and giving the gospel. Lord, there's people in this community, a, a, a pandemic has hit, but it doesn't trump the fact that people are lost without Jesus. We can't take a break. We cannot quit. We cannot slow down. We must occupy, Lord, as we've been commanded to. So unify us, unite us, bring us together for the cause of Jesus Christ. Give us purpose for your kingdom's sake. Would you stand with me this morning in an attitude of prayer? I wonder today, maybe there's some that just want to take that, that opportunity now and pray. You want to come to this altar and say, Lord, what is my area of service? Put something upon my heart. I'm not one to ask people, hey, I want you to do this or do that. You know why? Because I don't believe that's my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We can put opportunities out there, but the Spirit of God, you need to listen to the Spirit of God. You need to be directed by the Spirit of God. You need to hear the voice of God. In church, I'd much rather you be obedient to the Spirit of God than to a man. So when the Spirit of God is placing something upon your heart, do it. Be obedient. Maybe you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior. And we talked about evangelism today and Jesus Christ and him saving your sins. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need to trust Christ. I need to be saved. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. As I preach today, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. If there has never been a time in your life that you have repented of your sin and turned to Christ, believing that he came and died on the cross, his shed blood was the payment for your sin debt. He was placed in the grave and three days later, he rose again from the grave, conquering death. If you've never put your faith in the finished work of the cross, you might be religious, but you're not saved. I'm not asking you if you're a good person. I'm not asking what church you're a member of. I'm asking you, have you ever trusted Christ as your savior? I'll ask people that question. They'll say this, oh, I've always believed in Jesus. No, you haven't. I'm asking you now, has there been a specific time in your life where you turn from your sin and turn to Christ? I wonder if there's one like that here today and you could just simply let me know that by just raising your hand, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray with you. I wonder if there's one here today, you'd say, please pray for me. I need to trust Jesus Christ as my savior today. I need to be saved. Is there one like that today? Is there one at all? Anyone at all? Church, how many of you would say, I need to get back to building? Our world has been mixed up. Our world has been shut down. Our world has been in chaos. I need to get back to building. Would you please pray with me today? 
that I would be obedient to the Spirit of God and I would do whatever he puts on my heart to do for the body of Christ. Is that you today? Would you just raise your hand with me? I wanna pray together. Leave your hands up. Father in heaven, you see these hands. This is a reflection of our heart. We so desperately want Christ to be glorified. Lord, we want the gospel to go forth. We want our neighborhoods to know Christ. We want our neighbors to live for Christ. We want to spend eternity with the people that we're living with here on this earth in this generation. And we want to be diligent. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So Lord, today, get us back to building, back to serving, back to being a part of what you have called this church to do. May each and every one of us be active members in the body of Christ. We ask you this for your glory and your honor. And we worship you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, church. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day. Ah!